Welcome back to New Money this evening. We're discussing retirement and financial planning. My guest, Daryl Bennett, Wealth Advisor of Satsman Wealth, and Jordan Toy, Wealth Manager, Legacy Family Wealth. Um, I've got an email here from Martin in Tigerberg. He says, I'm very nervous about inflation, high interest rates, and the war that could come in Ukraine. Should I sell out of my offshore portfolio and to move to cash? Jordan? I think you've got to take a long-term view on these things. Um, to, you know, especially with the offshore portfolio where you, you, you're generally going to try and take a longer term view. You're not looking to, to move rands and dollars around and keep converting back and forward if, you, if you're going to, into direct offshore investments. So I think it is important to take a longer term view on these things. Um, and just remember that markets tend to, to overreact from one side to another. So at the moment it may be, it may be inflation fears and, and fears of war, which, which could materialize. Um, but over the longer term, things have trended up, as, a, as, as your chart showed, that um, historically, if we take a long-term view on investments that, uh, and not get allayed by all these fears along the way, that generally outcomes are, are good. And what people don't realize, that when they talk about the market, they're really not talking about the market. We talk about companies who are part of the market. And a lot of those companies are at the cutting edge of technology. I mean, if you talk about, if I say technology, you talk about healthcare, you talk about robotics, you talk about, I mean, you're investing in companies. That, you know, they don't sit around a boardroom table talking about inflation. They talk about their business. How can we grow our business? And I don't think people always realise that. So it's often sentiment that drives down markets. You know, if fundamentals and sentiment are positive, markets go up. And if, they, if fundamentals and sentiments are negative, markets go down. But at the moment, they're a bit out of sync, fundamentals, because we're getting, we're getting good results, Daryl. Absolutely. Just going back to that caller who was concerned about taking uh, equity off the table, it's a good time to see where he is in his life. Is he going to retire? When is he going to retire? Is he retired? Has he done cash flow planning? Because he, it might be a good time to take some cash off the table or, or, or to sell some equities, but for different reasons for his retirement needs, not necessarily for th trying to call where the market is. It's also got to consider capital gains tax, you know, and there's a lot of things to consider. So it's a good time to sit with a financial planner or a wealth advisor to, 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 to see if his goals are still on track. Yeah. Look, I, I think a little bit differently about that. I, I think you should ring fence enough income because, yes. you know, it's a question of looking for growth or income. So when you talk about someone taking money off the table, I mean, if you need income, ring fence three to four years income. Yes. Yes. So you can safely ride out the volatility in, in markets. Daryl uh, Lucinda and Wilma says, please explain how financial, estate, tax and retirement planning all come together. I often get asked, is a financial plan including estate tax or is it estate planning that includes all the other things? I mean, Daryl, th this is a, a, a love of yours. Well, you know, to, to try and paint the picture, as I say to clients, it's, it's, think of it as, as a jigsaw puzzle. You know, you've got a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle. Where do you start? Someone said, well, you start on the corners. I say, no, you look at the picture on the box. <laughs> try and get a picture, then take the corners, then do the outline, and try and understand the person, the family, what their needs are, what their objectives are. And it's a process. So it starts with, with data capturing and getting all the information. And once you've captured all that information, have you been mandated to do an estate plan or a retirement plan or a risk plan or, or a financial needs analysis, it will all come together. Yes, you've got to factor in the taxes, the estate liabilities, the capital gains tax, the transfer duties, the executive fees, 
all of that will come out in in putting the plan together so it's once you put the pieces of the puzzle together it will all make sense as far as the estate is concerned the liquidity requirements the cash flow requirements the retirement needs the investment strategy the asset allocation the health care, the gap cover, the, and, and so one can go on. It's a holistic plan that comes together that incorporates all those, all those issues. Now, you make me smile because in December, I went into someone's home, they were doing a jigsaw puzzle. They hadn't <laughs> put down the corner. They, hadn't looked, they, they just looked at one particular part of the jigsaw oh, okay. puzzle with the red. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. And, the, my, and my, whole, the, the, my whole belief and belief that you'd start to look at the picture, I never thought about yeah, that. Look at the picture That's first. the start. Yeah. I always say, so look at, get the corners and, and add it. Jordan, Correct. very... Um, Arthur Benoni says, how does one know if you saved enough for retirement? Well, it's a very good question, and, and you, you rightly mentioned cash flow modeling, and I think if you sit with any financial planner, wealth manager, whatever the title may be, um, that that is, that is the first step. Um, because it's, 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 it's a very easy thing to miss. You, you sit now and go, well, I'm putting away a certain amount into my RA every month. Is that enough? So the cash flow modeling, you're going to pull in a bunch of assumptions, which will be income, expenses, assets, liabilities. We're going to model that out into the future and try and forecast your financial situation going into the future to retirement and beyond. Um, and th it must be borne in mind that those assumptions and those inputs, there is some variability there. It's not an exact science. Um, but I don't think that's a reason not to undertake the exercise. Um, the whole point of that exercise is to give you some, some understanding of where you currently stand. Do you, have you over-provided for retirement? It's, it's unlikely, but it's possible. Um, have you, have you under-provided? Because you'll look at things and we'll, we'll incorporate certain assumptions. For example, later on in life, we expect medical expenses to increase. Traveling uh, or costs associated with traveling and travel is probably going to be less. So we plug in all of these assumptions and try to get a picture of where, uh, how much do you have at your point of retirement? And can that sustain you based on what we assume your living expenses will be and how long will that sustain you? So I think it's, it's a very worthwhile exercise and that I would suggest you sit with a reputable financial advisor who can run you through that whole process and, and develop a few scenarios for you. No, I, think one, I think one thing that people planning retirement need to realize that you shouldn't have the same expenses. I know we'll have expenses increasing by way of inflation, but by the time you get to retirement, you shouldn't have any debt, home paid for. You should, secondly, make sure you've got a good healthcare program in place. And lastly, you're not going to have education costs. So you can, you can, you can work your budget backwards or forward from here, I spend 50,000 rand a month of which 25 goes to all that. So I've now I've got need 25 and with inflation I'll need X. Daryl, I mean you do that regularly. No, 100% and, and as Jordan says, it's not something you do and then put in the bottom drawer and then leave it for 20 years. It's something you've got to revisit every year because you're working with assumptions and because you're working with fixed data and you're extrapolating. So, you know, if, if, if the client is earning, say, 20,000 Rand this year um, and his expenses are 18,000 Rand next year, you might find that he's earning 23,000, but his expenses are 21. You've got to adjust the plan. The markets go up, the markets go down. So the cash flow modeling needs to be reviewed at least once a year to see that the plan is on track. Now, I think Charles Dickens said he earns a pound and spends 19, and 19, 19 shillings and sixpence is a rich man, and he earns a pound and spends a guinea. Jordan, you know what a guinea is? I've heard the term, but... You've uh, heard the term. It's, a pound, it's 21, sh 21 yeah. shillings to the pound. He who spends a guinea and only earns a pound has got a real problem. Uh, Sanjay Northcliffe says, is it a good time to invest offshore now, and what, should, what percentage should one have offshore? Um, well, very simply, 
I'm a firm believer in offshore investments. I think there's much more scope, many more companies that, can, that will grow. South Africa's economy, great companies. We've got great managers in South Africa. And when they go overseas, they snapped up in a moment. South African companies, I think, learnt that you can't run international businesses from South Johannesburg or Cape Town. You've got to actually be there. We've seen that with many companies some years ago who failed miserably. miserably. But I think if you're looking for growth, you want to be in those top companies, the tech, the tech companies. I mean, the Amazons, the Apples. Uh, you want to be in credit card companies, the Visas, and all those companies that, are, that, that we know people we're going to be spending. Uh, but uh, so I, 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 I'm all for offshore investing. And certainly when the RAND recovers now, with RAND recovery and markets being down, this has certainly got to be a better time than it was two or three months ago. Daryl, your views? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I was saying to Jordan before the show, I don't understand why they differentiate between offshore and local or regional. What for? You know, you take equities that should be at a core of a portfolio and you want the best equities in the world. You know, whether you're living in New Zealand or Sweden or South Africa, there's not much going on in those stock markets as there is, say, going on in the North American part of the world. So you want to be in the best companies in the world and stop being concerned whether it's offshore or local. It's more about the asset class you need to be invested in. And as you said earlier, if you require income, then you have money in an income fund. But for growth, you need to be in the best companies in the world, the best equity players, and those are not all on our market. I mean, I think we'll all agree, if you're looking for income, this is the place to be. I mean, yes. if you look at our bond rates and you look at a table and you look at our bond rates compared to the rest of the world, I mean, our bond rates are excellent. I mean, you know, and we've seen gradually bonds strengthening, which means that the, the, the interest payable is coming down, which means capital values are going up. So certainly income in South Africa, but certainly for me, uh, if you're looking for growth. And it's all about, you know, it's all about each person's time horizon. I'll tell quick, quick stories. I think I've told it before. My grandmother gets a phone call from the bank. You know how they trawl accounts and have a look? And they said they'd like to send an investment advisor. And she said to them, my grandson's in the business, and let me tell you my time horizon. Short term is one week, medium term is two weeks, and three weeks is long term. You see, I am 99. And then I had a situation this week where a mother spoke to me about her son investing, a 19-year-old investing some money that he'd earned over the years. And she said to me, you know, you know how I explained to her, short, medium and long term. And she said to me, well, short term for my son's one day, medium term is three days and long term is a week. So in yeah. between, the, everyone's got a different uh, a time horizon. Jordan, I mean, you're now, you know, in, in picking up the professionals, the younger group of people, and I mean, are they thinking retirement? I mean, can a 25, 27-year-old actually think about 60, 65? I don't necessarily think they're thinking about retirement, but they are looking at, you know, at, at aggressive growth for the most part. Obviously, not every client's the same. I have some clients who are chartered accountants, and they have extremely low risk tolerances, and I almost have to have a discussion to encourage more risk. Um, not encourage more risk, but over time, as I said, you know, if, you, if you're going into low-risk stuff, the difference between um, equities and potentially a money market or something like that that's not inflation-beating over a 40-year horizon can lead to serious differences. But certainly time horizon is, is critical, but generally speaking, at a younger age, you, you, you would be looking at taking on more equity exposure, a bit higher risk, to try and, um, to try and uh, earn that capital appreciation over time. Because th the reality is you have a lot of future earnings ahead of you. Well, Daryl always likes the last word. Didn't come and say, Daryl? You know, the funny <laughs> thing about risk is when he says the accountants are a bit more conservative and want to be in like income funds. The irony is that could be more risky. Exactly. That could be more risky because you've got the, 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 the one of the silent killers to investing is inflation. You don't see it, but you're getting a, eking out a small return on your cash, but inflation is higher. So you're going backwards.
Well, I am aware that we've concentrated on a lot more on trauma and investment planning this evening. Please remember there are two components that make up a financial plan. The first is to ensure you have peace of mind solutions to protect families and breadwinners in the event of premature death or disability. The other is the creation and preservation of wealth. Often in retirement, there's not enough planning done around preservation of wealth. There's nothing wrong if you've done the numbers and clearly understand that sometimes you need to use some of your capital to supplement your income so that you're able to enjoy the so-called so golden years. This exercise needs to be done in conjunction with Financial Planner. Daryl Jordan, thank you for joining me this evening. It's thank important you, to note that our program is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. If you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. Thank you for watching and good night.